Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hi, good morning or afternoon or evening. I always say good morning because we record in the morning. Yeah, but it could be any time. It could be any time. But it will be either probably morning, afternoon, or evening. Most likely. It's probably not like 1 o'clock at what, night. What would that be? Night. Good night. Oh, but good night feels like a weird <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> anyway, all right, so I'm Dr. Natalie Keith. And I'm Dr. Mariah Goodall. This is Vet Tales. All right. Um, uh, let's be really transparent right off the bat. What, that it feels like we've had this conversation before? (laughs) And it's not deja vu. We actually have had this conversation before because we tried to do this podcast and then realized at some point um, after trying to stop the recording that we had never been recording. Yeah. Which I feel like is going to just make this even better. I think so. Now we've... It's It's like rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> we but, can cut but, out all of the off topic and No we won't. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we will. I don't think we will. But at least, you know, um at least we do have more of an idea of what we wanted to cover. Right. Um instead of just completely winging it. Yeah, I mean like, I don't know. Yeah. It's responsible dog ownership month. Yes. Risk or pet owner. Was it pet or dog? I think it was dog. Okay, well we'll call it. But we're gonna call it pet because cats are honestly just as much of a commitment. Yeah, I actually decided my next dog is gonna be a cat. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So anyway, for the cat lovers out there, we see you. Um, so yeah, Mariah uh, was looking at the list of different options of things that are happening in um, September, which is the month we're in apparently, mm-hmm. and uh, halfway now. Right. And um, thought responsible pet ownership would be a good broad category, like yeah. something everyone could benefit from. Yeah, for sure. You know, because every hopefully everyone who listens to us is at least interested in owning a pet. Yes. I can't imagine why you would do this to yourself if you didn't have or were interested in having a pet. Yeah. Maybe they just really, like, what if it was, like, one of our family members who just really liked us? I don't have any family members who don't have a pet. Well, I know. I had to be pretty broad there because I don't think I, I don't know, know either. Maybe we're very soothing because, like, I listen to stories Oh, my gosh, my brother asleep. doesn't have a pet right now. Oh. Yeah, we just lost their last one this summer. Uh-huh. So I do. I have a family member. Now, okay. now, I don't think he's listening to the podcast. My <laughs> sister-in-law might because she's kind of a podcast kind of gal. Uh-huh. So there you go. So hey, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi, Zoe. It's so good to have you with us today. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, all right. Cool, okay. cool, cool. Um, so let's do it. Let's talk yeah. about responsible pet ownership. Right. So... I, I don't, I think this is like an AKC thing, mm-hmm. really, um, which is American Kennel Club, if you don't know. And really, they, uh, you know, a lot of purebred dogs, I think, get a lot of backlash for being purebred. Yeah. Um, but also, they, AKC does a lot to support all dog ownership. They have all sorts of programs, not just for dogs that are registered with them. And so, this is one of the things that they do. Just to kind of highlight that you shouldn't go get a dog on a whim. Yeah. Um, know what... Yeah, because they are, like, even if your dog is a mixed breed, they are still 
some breeds. Some breeds. And breeds do have some pretty consistent traits about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my dad's dog is a shepherd mix, mm-hmm. and she does the shepherdy things. She's suspicious of new people. She barks. She. You know, my shepherd is not suspicious of new people. I think he was raised in a unique environment. That's true, where he was around new people all day, all the, every day. Yes, yeah, all that's the time. true. Yeah. Um, I think he would, so, like, growing up, we had shepherds, right? Yes. And we had this one who was just an amazing dog, and he grew up when my brother and I were, like, young. We were in scouts. We were doing, you know, all sorts of things, and oftentimes we would have people over to our house because we had a pool and a big right. backyard, and it was fun. great. You were the fun place. We were the fun place. Yeah. Um, and so he did get really used to having you know a bunch of new people and he wasn't suspicious of new people but he was suspicious of new behaviors oh interesting yeah so um when my parents lived in florida in florida like bugs just run the world so bugs bugs yeah so like you have to have you have to have a bug person come which we didn't have in kansas and so she would spray the outside of the house first and they were like what are you doing for someone are you searching for weaknesses in the perimeter for someone to not come to the front door and come inside (laughs) okay was suspicious okay well i respect that yeah so i had the shepherd one time when i first started out of vet school we still did like late night emergency call and it was like down in a t- area of town that there was just, you know, unfortunately, like, a lot of drug use and, like, mm-hmm. things like that, just to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a little on the terrifying side because I'm not exactly a tough person. <laughs> just, like, if I were going to describe myself, tough isn't going to be in, a, like, a lot of the adjectives. Um, and so I had this German Shepherd that I actually got as an adult because he was trained to be a guard dog. Mm-hmm. And he was so chill. Like, he loved everybody. And I was like, he's a total failure. (laughs) And so one day, my husband's best friend was, uh, I was walking my dog outside. I've got him on a leash. And he's like, well, how's it going with your dog? And I was like, I think he's a dud. And he's like, well, let's let's just try. And I was like, what do you mean try? And he's like, you got a hold of that leash? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And so he, like, bows up to me. And he, he's like, oh, no, no. He, like, says some, like, man thing. I don't know. I don't know if he said words or whatever. But he was just, like, he was just really mm-hmm. aggressive and, like, kind of puffs his chest out. And that dog clacked his teeth in his face. I barely got that leash. <laughs> anyway, so that was a cool story. I was like, so he is. He protective is. look at that he does do his thing he's a smart guy yeah he's not go. just indiscriminately like you know afraid uh-huh. or like attacking everyone but when when the time comes he knows yeah anyway that's a anyway. huge side story <laughs> right told you <laughs> <laughs> right i don't think we've even gotten a responsible pet ownership no we haven't in casey anyway <laughs> in casey. anyway so they have this long list and we kind of pulled out some bullet points um so first one is to remember that your pet is a lifelong commitment, or at least their life, um, which for if you're getting a like a small dog, like a Chihuahua or a Jack Russell, like you could be pushing 20 years. Yeah. Um, same thing with cat. Oh, for sure. For sure, 20 years yeah. on a cat. Uh, and for your larger dogs, it may be shorter, but it's still a decade yeah. or more. Yeah. Um, and it's their whole life. It is their whole life. And so you're going through all of these phases from puppyhood and chewing up everything to adulthood when they're actually, like, fairly independent. Mm-hmm. And then once they reach their senior years, now you have a greater investment again. Because of time and energy time and money, money, possibly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so, for sure. 
Um, so remembering all of that before you get the dog. And if you've already gotten the dog, just further preparing. Yeah, for, yeah, be aware. <laughs> be aware that... Adjust the monitor, as we like to say. Yeah. Adjust your expectations. Uh-huh. Because they're not going to just, like... Become a dog that they aren't. Yes. You know, I mean, there's the whole nature versus nurture. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can take two dogs that, um, you know, from the same litter and raise them in completely different environments and they will have different experiences. And like, you know, I have owners all the time that are like, um, you know, we don't really know what happened in his history before we found him kind of thing. And so, you know, you may have some different um, traumas in their past that, that cause certain behaviors to manifest, but ultimately a shepherd is a shepherd and a husky is a husky and a basset is a basset. Mm-hmm. And so they will have these similar kind of underlying needs and like, especially physical, like grooming or, or exercise needs or behaviors, but also just like their personalities can be similar. Yes, they can. Because. So how do people make the choice? So. If we haven't chosen. If we haven't chosen yet, um, your veterinarians are great. Yeah. A resource. We love to help people make the right. I mean, if we weren't here to help people like make good choices about their pets, like we wouldn't have this podcast. Right. So, <laughs> so by evidence, I would say, yeah, use us as a resource. Use us we as a resource. Clearly care for sure. Uh, you know, and we have a lot of experience with different breeds. Um, you know, in the clinic, but also like hearing other people's stories, uh, and so we, you know, we can we can help. We can guide you there. Uh, AKC has a really wonderful quiz. Yeah. If you're looking for a purebred or guidance on what sort of mix to get, um, they have a great quiz. I always end up with a pointer. A pointer? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, and look at that. That right. is strong in your history. <laughs> right. Do you think that uh, having a pointer that was the best dog ever um, influences, influences the, the clicking? Probably a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I would not want another dog like her. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, I always think that's amusing. It is interesting. You know, I don't know if I've taken it. I should take it. I guarantee you it will not say German Shepherd. No. It won't. It will probably say a pit bull. It probably will. I imagine. Yeah. They're my jam. They're pretty great. Yeah. For me, they're perfect. Well, they fit a lot of families. They really do. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, I I think that this is like an excellent point to circle back on nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when they are raised in a loving home, they are extremely loving and loyal dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, The aggressiveness that they take a bad rap for a lot of times is actually inter-dog aggression. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is, uh, again, lifestyle. Some of them are more driven to it. But I like a pit bull because they're honest. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as you look at that dog, he's like, we're friends, or we are definitely not friends. Yeah. And it, it's very rare for them to send you mixed signals. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're working with pretty mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Which some breeds aren't honest, and um, that can make dealing with them a little bit more difficult and less suited for a mm-hmm. family. Looking at you, Australian Shepherds. Uh, cattle dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got a poker face. Uh-huh. They do. You don't know they're coming. No, you don't. And they're the silent, they're, they're the snake in the grass mm-hmm. until it is no longer in the grass, mm-hmm. but rather attached yep. to your appendage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Um, but people love them. People love they them. They do. They're good. I think they're good with their families. It's just like as veterinarians, we right. tread lightly. Well, and good with families, I think kind of, for Aussies probably is really true, but I feel like for cattle dogs, I get a lot of people are like, they keep chasing the kids. 
That's true. They yeah, heard them in the they backyard. Heard them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they will wear the kids out. Yeah. Um, and themselves. And themselves. But yeah, you got to be careful of the little nips and everything. That's true. They will do the little, he- he- I mean, they're called healers for a reason. Uh-huh. They're technically an Australian cattle dog, but yep. we call them healers for a reason. Uh huh. That's yep. their nickname. Anyway, but I do love them. Where I grew up, that's all we had. People had either, uh, you either had a blue healer or a red healer mm-hmm. or a Labrador that hunted fowl. Mm-hmm. That was it. Those are the only three dogs that existed. Because they had to be useful. Yeah, they were. I mean, we were out on the farm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was exactly it. And they would all, all the healers would just stay on the, the flatbeds of all of the farmer's dogs all day long mm-hmm. and go with them wherever they went, and they would just lay on the flatbed Mm -hmm. do not approach do not approach (laughs) no (laughs) you make that mistake one time only (laughs) don't go pet the dog no um so yeah you know making sure kind of just reiterate the point making sure that the dog you choose matches your lifestyle uh is going to help set you up for being satisfied with that dog wanting to care for it for its whole life um and I think, I don't know what I think. It just left me. Well, I mean, I I would say that kind of just weighing all of those things into the big picture. Like, um, if you, you know, work a a whole bunch and you're going to be gone a lot, then you don't need a super active dog. Mm -hmm. You know, and then if you um, are on a tighter budget, don't get a dog that has to go to the groomer every six weeks. Oh, yeah. Because that is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, being aware of their medical requirements. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're... I, I know French Bulldogs are popular. I've seen the statistics. <laughs> Please prepare yourself to see your veterinarian a lot. Find a veterinarian you like a lot first, then get a Frenchie. Right. Cause yeah. Because you're going to get to know them. Because you will them. seeing mm-hmm. them quite a bit. Because they're going to need their nose done. Mm-hmm. They may or may not need their palate done. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to develop allergies. And this is all if they don't have spina bifida. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, at any point they could blow a, a disc or Absolutely. Yeah, uh tear the cruciate that happens. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cuz yeah. the back ends are so weak. Yeah. I still feel like they're less expensive than the English bulldog though. Yes, um, I think they're less prone to dry eye, which is so yeah. expensive. And they don't get as many like skinful dermatitis issues uh-huh. either. And um, they're l- less likely to have weird hormonal hair loss things. Oh that- yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you have an older bulldog that still has all its hair, like kudos to you. <laughs> you are the exception to the rule. <laughs> There's a reason when you're watching the Westminster Dog Show, the bulldog that they're trotting out is like 18 months old. <laughs> yeah, it goes downhill from there. <laughs> Not that we don't love them, but oy. I mean, yeah, they're you sweet. You just have to know, they, like they make, you, yeah, they are sweet. They make good do- good family dogs. I remember the first time I ever saw a bulldog in person. I was like, I don't know, maybe like fourteen, and the neighbors apparently had one, and it had gotten out of their yard and trotted across the field to come over to our house. And I like had a second where I was like, Is it a dog? <laughs> Is this not a dog? Like, I'm not sure exactly what's happening, but. Um, they are slightly alien. Yeah, they are. In their conformation, their little faces. But then mm-hmm. by the end of it, I was sure it was a dog and I was petting it. So. Yeah. I'm sure it was letting you. It was loving it. It was, yes. Yeah. It, I feel like it sought me out because yeah. it saw me outside playing. Yeah, it's, oh, there's a person. I need to be pet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. okay. So, yeah, so you can take your quiz and decide. Like, it's going to walk you through all those things that maybe you didn't even think about. Like, mm-hmm. am I able to take this dog on leash walks? Um, how big is it going to be? 
Um, do I have enough yeah. space in my apartment? How Does big my is the poop? Have a weight limit. Oh yeah, that's so true. And some apartments, sadly, will have breed restrictions as well because mm-hmm. dogs have historical or, bad rap. Uh, homeowners insurance. Yeah, your dog is a mixed breed. Yeah, is the answer to the question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what dog is this mixed? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I know at our when we lived in Perkins, we had. I don't know, it was really cheap homeowner's insurance, and, yeah, we were restricted on what breeds we could have. Yeah, like Akitas, Dobies, Rots, Shepherds, Pits, mm-hmm. Chow Chows. Typically, yeah. I think those are the most common ones you'll mm-hmm. see restricted. Yep. So. Which I have seen all of those dogs bite people pretty intensely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, they're ba- insurance is based on statistics, so. Yeah. They they know why they're restricting that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so just It's be, always the bad apple that ruins it for everybody. It does. It does. Although, you know, Great Danes actually send the most people to the hospital. I did not know that. But as I think through it, it doesn't surprise me just yeah. because of their size. Their size. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if they if they decide to bite someone, like, they're going to do some damage mm-hmm. in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I'm so scared of Great Danes. (laughs) I probably shouldn't admit this, but yeah, like I had one clack its teeth in my face and felt the wind and my hair blew back. And I was like, I was literally five minutes earlier, like all up in this dog's mouth, looking at his teeth and all this thing and everything was fine. All of a sudden he like locks eyes with me and looks weird and launches himself over the table. Mm -hmm. And the owner like grabs the leash back. (laughs) Anyway. Apparently, this is trauma hour for me. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, so you have to be really aware. Like, you know, Great Danes seem really cool, and they are really cool, and mm-hmm. I do love them. I just I just have a, a healthy respect yeah, for their potential. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, they. Um, I, I think a lot of people think they're really cool, and they are, but you should definitely hang out with one for a day mm-hmm. before you decide to adopt a really cute Great Dane puppy. Mm-hmm. Because they're cute puppies. Oh, my gosh. They're so cute. And they have so much skin. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway. But that... But when one can flatfoot look you in the chin. Right. Sometimes you feel different. You do. A little bit. Um, But I think that moves us kind of to our next point. Like, Great Danes um, also have pretty high health care costs. Because they're so large. Um, Their lifespan is pretty short. Mm -hmm. So, if you are like me and you can't handle... (laughs) <laughs> losing a dog before the absolute before yeah. the absolute end like a great dane is maybe not for you yeah because yeah i mean a lot of them will get start getting cancer you know at five six seven yeah uh, it, we i've seen them be 10 and 12 years old but it's rare it is rare like when you see some, when one of the technicians walks up and says so i have a 10 year old great dane you're like what wow <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then of course a lot of those ducks are mixed yeah then you walk in and they're like shorter than you expected yeah and, and you're like i get it now. Oh, okay yeah yeah and um they also just like their medicines if they need them because they're so big mm-hmm. cost so much like you have to double up on all your flea and tick pills like so everything costs twice as much yeah and so i think that you know kind of moving up you know in our next point is also insurance and like vet care costs and so keeping that in mind yeah. you know no matter what dog you have, you know, if you if you have a Chihuahua who's going to live 20 years, potentially, um, even when you compare it to a Great Dane who, who lives eight, yeah, your your overall cost of that dog is about the same, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. That's and, an excellent point. I hadn't thought about it. Like, your monthly budget looks different, uh-huh. but, the, but the lifespan of the pet, it would kind of equal out. It would. Um, and so, you know, being prepared for for what that brings 
not only just like vet care costs, but food and toys and all the, you know, grooming if you get a Shih Tzu. Yeah. Uh, and it lives 13 years. Yeah. And you're taking it to the groomer every six weeks. Yeah. Or more often, depending mm-hmm. on, you know, if you're bare and you're running out in the yeah. muck and the mud all the no time. No doubt. He's, <laughs> yes, he's a hot mess. He that is, is a the hot mess. That she's who. <laughs> anyway. um, so, you know, it, keeping that in mind, um, having, you know, considering pet insurance. Yeah. Uh, for even your cats. It's really, I feel like we end up bringing up insurance almost every podcast because right. it's becoming so prevalent across all topics. Mm-hmm. Um, but pet insurance, yeah, for a cat, like you can get it for like $10, 12 $13 a month mm-hmm. and it could save your bacon down the road. Right. Because cats will get kidney disease. They will if they if they make it long enough, and mm-hmm. if they don't have kidney disease alone, they probably have it with hyperthyroidism, mm-hmm. and that's only if your cat wasn't diabetic by eight, mm-hmm. because we didn't portion control it, <laughs> right? Chub chubs. Um, so yeah, it's definitely um, a sound investment, and it could save you a lot of heartache of like, how are we going to do this thing we need to do for our pet when we don't have the money to do it, um, mm-hmm. we weren't expecting to have to have, let's say, a fracture repair or an X-lab mm-hmm. or, you know, if you wanted to do chemotherapy or um, a splenectomy or anything like that that is not necessarily on your radar and all of a sudden you're staring down the barrel of it, like, you got to figure out what to do. And insurance could um, be the thing that makes it possible. Yeah, really helps you feel like you have the ability to, to provide the best care for your dog. Yeah, to be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily that the most expensive option is the right option for you, but knowing that you can make that decision without money hanging over your head. Yeah, without feeling like like that maybe you're swaying your opinion because you can't afford to do mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, well, you may not want to do chemo, but I know that I could if I felt like it was the right thing. Now I don't have to feel guilty about not being able to do it. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know I, that comes up in a lot of conversations too is, you know, I don't know that I would do chemo. It would depend on the 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 dog. It would depend on or the cat and the type of cancer they had and all the, the variables. But just knowing you could, could. do it. Yeah, I think gives you a lot of freedom in that decision-making process. Yeah, because I think a lot of people don't even make it to an oncologist or an internal medicine specialist because, you know, when we start telling them, well, you can estimate that it's going to be X number of dollars Mm -hmm. for your dog, and they're just like, ooh, nope. Yeah. don't even want to go talk about the possibilities. Yeah. uh, Because we can't afford them. Yeah. And then now, you know, if you open up at least a conversation with those people who do those things, I would never. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. I would never be a oncologist but I know but they're I mean they're out there they God are. love them yeah and and they have a lot of knowledge and they yeah. can really tell you what to expect because not not all chemo for all cancers is what we think of yeah well Dr. Trussell and I were talking about it just the other day um and uh, like there's those those ones that are um, just like a daily pill that you give at mm-hmm. home you know it does not have to be hard I have a couple of cats on chlorambucil at home mm-hmm. uh, for lymphoma and are doing pretty well and uh, that is technically chemo yeah but it is no more complicated than you know giving a pill for anything else like an, an infection and you're giving an antibiotic pill but this is just you know so it doesn't have to be what we think of in human chemo right yeah 
which the pets tolerate it so much better too. Yeah, because they they live in the now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then for some reason, they just don't get as like they don't get as nauseous. They don't get as achy. They seem to not really be phased by it as much. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Anyway, that's another podcast in and of itself. <laughs> right. Sure. Anyway, is. but yeah, um, I think that's the you know the the other things that we had talked about um, the first time we went through this. <laughs> Was thinking through also, like, what am I going to do when I need to go on vacation? Mm-hmm. You know, having having a, a pet sitter, someone trusted, or a boarding facility, or, boarding facility. or, yeah, your family member. Like, I just had a cat get diagnosed with diabetes um, a few days ago, and they were like, we're getting ready to leave town in two weeks. And I was like, okay, so who do we have in the family that we trust? Right. <laughs> <laughs> who can you bribe with love? Uh, to make them go give your sh- your shots to your cat twice a day for the entire time you're gone. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, those are things that you have to, you know, be aware of that could yeah. be in your... Have a plan for and recognize. Because yeah. oftentimes, you know, when you plan vacation, I know I do this all the time, I plan a vacation, I'm like, all right, here's my budget. And then it's like, oh, wait. Yeah, the who's, dogs. Who's taking care of the dogs? Yeah. Or am I bringing the dogs? And then what does that add to Yeah. Them? Well, like uh, Ariana, one of the girls we work with, she's like, I won't go on a vacation I can't take my dog on. So and I was like, well, kudos to you. Right. Uh, so and that that's also awesome. I love that idea. It, but it just does limit then what she can or can't go do Mm -hmm. which she's totally fine with Mm -hmm. because she made that decision and that's the lifestyle that she's chosen for her and her pet and so it's not that there's a right or wrong answer in any of this it's about being aware of the commitment yeah Mm -hmm. and like the dimensions of it it's Mm -hmm. not as simple as pick up a puppy and pour out some dog food right (laughs) ideally (laughs) just thinking to adopting Sadie (laughs) right I mean that's really the mindset I had and I learned real fast. Yeah. How old were you when you got Sadie? Uh, 18. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. So I, we talked about this in the, the first time we recorded this podcast <laughs> was that I was 18. I had my first, like, I'm a grown up making my own decisions about pets. Mm-hmm. And I went to the shelter and there was this husky puppy and I was like, oh, my stars, this is the luckiest thing in the world. And and I brought her home and she immediately developed this horrific bloody diarrhea um, I was pretty sure she had parvo, but then she didn't. She ended up having just like nasty hookworms. So I have to like nurse her back to health and then she gets better. And this like way before me even having vet school on the radar at this point, because I wasn't one of those kids who decided to be a vet at four. And so, um, like you, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know chuckles. what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Nobody does that. Uh, uh, so anyway, I, um, get this, um, this puppy now she's growing up and she starts escaping the yard, mm-hmm. not infrequently mm-hmm. because she's a husky. And so like, sometimes we make these, these uninformed decisions, like we did at those times and you adapt and you learn and you grow but isn't it cool if you can make decisions and more intentionally if you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. so yeah that's I mean I think that's the whole point of it is just being aware yeah knowing knowing the full scope of what dog ownership entails yeah because I know cats are so much easier because like unless they get diabetic Right. You know, you just, like, if you need to be gone for a couple of days, you leave the cat box, you mm-hmm. have the feeder, you have a neighbor come check on them once a day. Mm-hmm. Nobody minds coming to check on the cat. People mind walking <laughs> your, you know, ill-behaved dog around the block <laughs> while waiting for it to poop so they can pick it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody likes that. Um, but it, cats are just, in general, 
less intense. Like, where mm-hmm. most of them, unless you're getting fancy cats, like, you know, the Persians and Himalayans and stuff, they are not going to the groomer. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about that. You know, there's just, uh, their insurance is cheaper, their medications are cheaper. So until something goes wrong, uh, which it does at times, you know, then, then cats and dogs are more on par with, like, difficulty level. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more difficult for us. As veterinarians. They are. They do not play by the rules. <laughs> uh, but cats, you know, if you're not sure, if you don't have a, an animal and you're, like, on the fence of, am I, res- like, at the ready to take on that kind of commitment, mm-hmm. um, cats can be a nice middle ground. They can. And they're, even in their day-to-day, like, you know, you're talking about going on vacation, but day-to-day, they're a little bit less, too, mm-hmm. because they... You don't have to walk them. You don't have to walk them. They oftentimes will entertain themselves to the level that they want to be entertained. Yeah. Um, and and you, yeah, yeah, you don't If they have... need more exercise, you can sit on the couch with the little string yeah. or the laser light. Uh-huh. And you don't even have to do anything there. Yep. <laughs> you just, just sit there. <laughs> yeah. The worst part's the litter box for sure, mm-hmm. which then now they have those fancy robot ones that clean it for you because apparently mm-hmm. all cat owners don't like cleaning the litter yeah. box. Like, I think uniformly, nobody looks forward to that. Yeah, I used to have one of those when we had a cat. Did you like it? Um, when it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had to buy, like, the right litter. Oh. Like, you couldn't even or get... Or it would, like, mess it up. Yeah, like, the off-brand clumping didn't clump right. And um, if he, like, went potty right before mm-hmm. uh, it tried to scoop and it hadn't, like, clumped... Then it would gunk it. Yeah. So uh, it was still some maintenance, but it was easier than... Maybe they've made improvements. I'm sure they have, because this was like almost 10 years ago. Wowie. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> me, me, I'm I'm older, but yes. Yeah. But... Uh, um, yeah, we had one. I actually copied uh, my sister. She is um, a born cat person. She's, mm-hmm. she's adapted to be a dog person as well, but cat person is like in her blood. And um, she had found this one litter box that was cheap. Like, there's no, like, mechanisms in there, but it had it rolls to its side, and then it has, like, this little filter. So you roll it on its side, and it catches all the clumps, and then you straighten it back out, and the clumps stay in the little box up top, mm. and all the litter falls back through the grate. It's freaking brilliant. That's and it was, brilliant. like, 30 bucks. Huh. So, and it doesn't break. Great. Yeah. So, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, because then all you're doing is taking the little tray and dumping it into, like, a sack Uh or whatever, you know, you do with your cat litter once you take it out of the litter box, but. You're not having to, like, scoop and find it. Yeah. Then you missed it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It just seemed less. Yeah, it does seem less. Sound like less. Yeah, it took less time. There's less digging. The spatula, have you ever had the spatula flick you? Yes. Especially when it's like on the bottom and you're yes, like, <laughs> and you're trying to chisel it, and then it, and then like the leverage just flicks it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so not cool. Anyway, but cats are great. <laughs> anyway, they uh, are great. I mean, they really are less on a daily yeah. than than your dogs are. Um, they really and are. And they still like my cat would like crawl on my shoulder. That was his favorite place to be. We'd yeah, be sitting like on the couch parrot. and he'd be like crawling on my shoulder and he'd be purring so loud in my ear and drooling because that's what he did when he was super happy. Yes, So they he do. would drool all down my shoulder. It was great. And you loved it. It did. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we had a cat um, that, his name was General Sterling Price. He was named off of a John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. 
And he was the best cat ever. He had cross eyes and a broke tail <laughs> and, like, several missing pieces of his ear from before when we found him. But he was the coolest cat ever. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. And then once you find that cat you love. It's hard. To- yeah. Because cats are really wildly unpredictable in what they're going to be like. So we have these AKC guidelines for dogs. Mm-hmm. Cats do not have that. No. No. I mean, you can, like, you can say... You know, Bengals and Savannah, Savannahs are going to be more active. You know, the the Bengal likes water. You know, um, they're very playful, all these things. You know, you, but when it comes to the domestic short hair cat, it is, or long hair, whatever, you know, yeah. your domestic cats, they are um, wildly unpredictable in their mm-hmm. personalities. And so you just never know. Yeah. Part of the fun. It is part of the fun. It's like a box of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> never know what you're going to get. You do not. Nope. But general, he was great, um, and there, those. That's what I find about cat people is they say, um, "I don't like, I don't like cats. I just like my cat," mm-hmm. and that's I hear that all the time. Yeah, I think that's really valid. Yeah, because I'm really not a cat person, but I would take that cat again. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I resonate with all of that. My husband is a cat person, mm-hmm. so they. That's so cute because um, they like just flock to him. <laughs> we have three, and they just like. They just watch his every move. They just love him so much. <laughs> anyway, he can take, like, if there's a neighborhood cat that comes by, um, within two to three days, he's able to pet this, like, wild cat. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but anyway. Cat whisperer, I guess. I guess. Sounds like it. Yep. Anyway. All right. Anything else you want to cover on responsible pet ownership? I don't think so. We got through our list and got wildly sidetracked multiple times. As we do. As we do. Yeah. But... I think it gives everyone a good foundation for what to think about. And yeah, the time, yeah. the energy, the physical demands, mm-hmm. the money, the insurance, the grooming. Mm-hmm. And the really, morning. I mean, if, if you do have questions, reach out to your veterinarian and more experienced pet owners. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, you know, if we haven't experienced a breed personally, we have a staff member who has. Um, yeah. And, you know, dog trainers, too. Like, if you've mm-hmm. already made a choice that you're like, eek. I don't know what to do now. Mm -hmm. Um, Dog trainers can be a wonderful resource to help you manage your breed um, and, like, learn how to deal with them and and help with some of their quirks um, to make it a a mutually enjoyable relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, As always, if you um, know how to find us at Northside Veterinary Hospital, we're here to ask uh, or for you to ask all your questions, and we'll answer them to the best of our abilities because that's what we're here for. Absolutely. All right, we're off to work now. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) All right, bye, guys. Bye.